Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. It is April 26th, 2023. Let's rock on, guys. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Wednesday, April 26th, 2023. And by the magic of podcasting, I'm at the doctor's right now. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I pre-recorded this. Um, this is, it's actually Monday, the 24th. And, I, and there's so much other stuff I'd like to talk to you about, but I really want to get into this bloodlines situation. Um, but there's been a lot of stuff breaking in the news, uh, firings and whatnot. And I'm not going to get into it here. I'll just uh, touch real quick. Tucker Carlson fired by Fox. Don Lam- Don Lamont fired CNN. Susan Rice fired by the Biden administration. Whew. So, needless to say, I probably will be back here with you guys on Thursday instead of Friday and uh, go over a lot of stuff. If you want to follow me on Twitter, on my personal Twitter, it's uh, PCGC underscore 1775. I've been posting a lot of stuff on there. Uh, My predictions of who's next. Who's next at Fox? You had Bongino last week, whether he was fired, they couldn't agree on terms, whatever the case was. And say what you want about Bongino's show being canceled, him being fired, them couldn't come up with terms. He had the number one Saturday show. Them letting him go, I can be like, okay, it was once a week. You know, they're probably like, whatever. But but Tucker being fired, that's kind of a big deal. And uh, we'll get into that on Thursday. Uh, and I'll give you my two cents because I have a feeling that there's going to be some more balls 
dropping, so to speak, from Fox because that was big. Anyway, so we're going to continue our series on the bloodlines of the, the Illuminati, the 13 families. I did the show earlier in the month about the Astor family. Now, I was going to go in alphabetical order. Next up would have been the Bundy family, and I'm not talking about Al and Peg and them. Um, the information I have right now is kind of weak, and I didn't want to really waste your time doing a show on the Bundys per se, so I'm going to keep doing research on them, so we're going to skip them. We're going to go to C, which is the Collins family. Um, before we do, we're going to have a word from our ex-president, JFK. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. 
This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. All right. <clears throat> wake up. Come on. Wake up. we got a show to do. All right, guys. <laughs> I just think it's interesting playing that, how Kennedy, being one of the names on this list, uh, had those things to say, and and evidently we have more from him, so there's that. I don't know what's going on. All right. <laughs> I just think it's odd, you know, and me and Chris have ideas as to maybe that had something to do with why he and his brother were murdered. But before we get on with the show, I want to make sure to remind you of a, our other sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at the checkout. Get 30% off your purchase price. That's ChristianLawson.com. Promo code DTOM. Also, guys, make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you follow the show, you subscribe to the show, whatever whatever that button is on that app you're listening to. Show's free. doesn't cost you anything. I'm not a Patreon guy. I'm not charging you for this great audio that you're listening to. Uh, I just ask you to follow the show, share the show, and uh, follow us on social media. If you're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Don't Tread on America. And on the Twitter at uh, DTOM underscore 1775. And if you're not on social media, that's fine. You obviously have the option to get on the interweb. You can follow us at don'ttreadonamerica.com. And you can subscribe to that. 
I won't spam you. You won't get a bunch of crap in your inbox. You'll get show updates. And when I do blogs, you'll get those. Uh, but from any of those points, you can email the show. You can message the show. If you have any questions, ideas, concerns, show, you know, like uh, things that are happening in your area or ideas that you might have. And then we can do some research on our end. We will gladly do so. All right. The Collins bloodline. 13 satanic bloodlines of the Illuminati. This is one of the 13 families, the Collins. Now, what I like about doing this is in covering these 13 families, obviously, you're going to know some of the names. You're going to know the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the, well, I did the Rothschilds, but you'll know the Kennedys. You may have heard of the DuPonts, but these are names that you probably don't associate with world domination the collinses who's the collinses so they're next up on our top 13 illuminati families and uh you know i did the asters beginning of the month i'm still working on the bundy family so as we move forward um the the research that you know we have on the collins family it varies in in range and um, I'm going to make some connections to people that you might know, names you may have heard, and obviously names you've never heard. So the following is a, um, a description of a highly secret, high-level satanic meeting. It, I'm um, sorry, I got a thing on my phone there. It comes <laughs> via an ex-insider who is now a Christian. If uh, any other ex-hierarchy person is listening to this, perhaps this will trigger some memories for you. This experience dates to 1955. This is a meeting that is held twice yearly to which... Let me blow this up here so I can read a little bit. I'm old. <laughs> Where are we at here? Uh, the meeting is held twice yearly and uh, to which the Rothschilds and all the mother families attend. The meeting is inside a big room, and the grandmother on the throne was a Collins. The Collins family has been kept out of the limelight because they have more of an occult power than the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers. To make money, this Collins family does something financially, such as deal with exchange of money. I've noticed that numerous Collinses have been in the insurance you know, insurance executives. And although I haven't found or I haven't exposed the connections between the insurance companies and the NWO, there is a book out which shows how the most, how, how they, most insurance companies are connected to the under, uh, under the guidance of the NWO elite. The grandmother Collins dressed in a black, uh, has an ebony and gold shaped throne that she can automatically rotate by pushing with the pedal of her foot. Um, behind her sits a grand council of 13 members. This may or may not be the Grand Druid Council that you'll read about, that you know we'll talk about later on down the road here. Difference between the council in 1955 is that it's all males, while the council of 78 had several women on it. The grandmother, a Collins woman, was thought to be in her in her mid-50s at the time of the meeting. She had a deep dictatorial vo voice, was small in stature, 
and was very powerful. She was decked out on a throne with a great deal of jewelry. One of the things done was to lay before her feet small bricks shaped like, like small bricks and made of pure uh, gold. Two boys were taken to be her sons, one of whom was Tom Collins, the famous drink maker. No, I'm joking. Tom was later gunned down by the Illuminati, uh, where near her throne, as the only most honored and powerful dared to be the vicinity of her throne, this showed that these two Collins boys were powerful. The boys passed out papers, one of which had timetables written on them, things that were to happen. A great discussion was carried out about um, what what had happened <laughs> in the world to bring Satan's one world government during the last six months and what was prepared to happen in the near future. Thing, things that had not gone according to plan were discussed. The Ark of the Covenant was discussed. Where it, <clears throat> where it was hidden in Africa and the ritual mocking of the Ark of the Covenant was held. Seven children in white were brought in from generational satanic families and presented before the grandmother Collins. They lay prostrate in worship of her. She would move her scepter with a snake up and down, striking the floor to show approval of a child candidate. The other seven children were sacrificed for the seven approved children, one for each child, whose name would be then written with quill using the sacrificed child's blood. The children were given oaths. The grandmother rotated her throne and faced the council of 13 and declared, speaking in English, This is tomorrow's generation, a chosen, uh, a chosen few. The John the Baptist of the Antichrist put in appearance, but the Antichrist at the time was not born or only a tiny baby. Was this Je uh, Benjamin Cream? The ex-insider did not learn of the name of this John the Baptist forerunner of the Antichrist. However, the deceptions of this occult John the Baptist do match Benjamin Cream. Benjamin Cream was born 1924 and was deeply into the occult and witchcraft, even when he was a boy. He claims that in 1959 he telepathically received a message from his master, a member of the demonic hierarchy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cream calls these master spirits simply the hierarchy. Christians know it as the dynamic, uh, demonic hierarchy. Because all these things are planned out well in advance, it would have been very appropriate if Cream had been at the high-level planning meeting in 1955. For more understanding on Cream's Christ, the reader is directed to read the article on the suffix in the newsletter, referring back to the gold bricks laid before the grandmother's throne. There are several reasons that real gold is important to the Illuminati. Perhaps in some other situations we get into, there have been massive secret gold shipments out of the United States and Russia. Um... <clears throat> So here we go. Uh, on the one of that could have been included Robert Moore. Oh shit! Sorry, <laughs> Robert Moore Collins. 
uh, who was a member of the Pilgrims. Um, so 60 of the modern equivalent of the Bavarian Illuminati. Robert Collins was a reporter for several important newspapers and also worked as an editor in the Washington and New York offices for the Associated Press. He did chiefly political work for the Associated Press. He was a chief newsman for Reuters and the Associated Press for many stories coming out of the Orient. Although he was born in Washington, D.C., his address as an adult became Bournemouth, England. He never married. As those investigate the Illuminati find out, the Illuminati controls the press. I gotta take a drink. Mm. All right. All right, so here was a man who helped do it for the last newsletter. Um, he went into some detail about how important the satanic societists Rosicrucians in the relation to the satanic groups such as the OTO, Golden Dawn, and Stella Minutia. The society's Rosicrucian is definitely a high-level uh, exclusive Illuminati organization. One of the New York SR officers was James F. Collins, who was an eight-degree master mason who died in 1896. He was uh, with the original set of SR officers on the High Council of the SR in America that had oversight over all the SR uh, colleges, lodges in America. So that's the SR, if you guys have, if I lost you for a second there, that's the Societist Rosicrucian. Uh, his position was presenter. When the Canadians set up the Societist Rosicrucian in Canada, the High Council which had oversight over all Canada, included all A. Collins on its council. Daniel Collins, an eight degree, uh, had several possession, uh, positions on the council. The highest degree was ninth, nine degree. If you read in January of 93, um, he was, it says, be wise as serpents, you have come across the Grand Druid Council. This is a high-level Illuminati council. In Be Wise as Serpents, this was a newsletter that they wrote. Um, in the second section of the chapter entitled Heresy Interlocks with Power, on the eighth page, we gave names of people who, are, who sat um, on that secret Grand Jewel Council in the spring of 78. Each of those people are powerful witches and have a great deal of power in the world. Yvonne Collins was on that Grand Druid Council. She was a traditionalist. To be a traditionalist means that she holds the view that only those people who are born to families with satanic power and witches in their family background can be true witches. Obviously, the Collins family had a long history of witchcraft. If she holds this view, remember that the leading satanist Satanists <laughs> feel that they have special blood. The top ones they feel are gods. Even grandmasters may teach their selected children that they are the god which created the children. <clears throat> the occult de demonic power which be not be strong enough for the covert work uh, to, I'm sorry, enough for covert to witchcraft. 
uh, Yvonne's counsel, occult name, is Legina, which means Lucifer's bride. Legina, who was Yvonne Collins, who lived in, um, in Virginia, got upset with Jerry Falwell. He didn't follow orders well enough. She got the Security of Exchange and Commission to investigate his church, which caused the church uh, economic hardships. Even mainline Christian ministers are expected to follow the directives of the Grand Druid Council, which is said to operate under orders of the Rothschilds. Everyone who is high up in the Illuminati and now and are now Christians remember Tom Collins. Collins was in the Illuminati, but for some reason the Lord changed his heart and he began to talk to churches about what was really going on. He had an itinerary of churches to speak to, of which the Baptist church was one. He warned what was going on. He was gunned down in a grocery store parking lot and uh, has been used as an example of the Illuminati to anyone who dares utter the word, remember Tom Collins. They warn people in the covens. So, um, this reminds me of another incident which happened to a brother in Olympia, Washington, the capital of Washington. Two weeks after Reagan was elected, the beautiful Mercedes pulled up to where the Christian brother was working. A guy got out and was obviously rich. His suit had to be in the neighborhood of $800 and his wife's fox furs around her neck. They said their son was going to work for the state and they wanted to look for a home for him. The woman was being independent and said, I don't want to see the houses. I want to talk to, to this nice man. The houses were done by Donahue Construction. The men went on to look at the houses and the woman remained behind to talk. This Christian is an easy talker with people. He struck up conversation naturally. He said, I think it's great Ronald Reagan got elected. He's going to be a good president. The woman replied, we wanted George Bush to get it. Who's we? The Christian asked to his rich lady who kept tossing her furs back and forth. The Illuminati, she says. We were enlightened. We are the enlightened ones. And George Bush was trained by us. Unfortunately, the men had just returned to this point and entered the room. The man with the expensive suit was livid. Shut your mouth, he yelled. She huffed back. Well, if you insist, he then turned to the Christian, who he didn't know, and politely told him that they had failed to find anything that suited them. And thank you very much. Everything is secure. And handed him the keys. Then he dragged the woman to the Mercedes, giving Mercedes giving her hell all the way for talking. When they got and proceeded to physically slap her around. This was an extremely rare incident. Many of the satanic hierarchy lived their entire lives without uttering a word to anyone about anything in the hidden satanic side of their lives. As a rule, they find very respectable cover lives in society. The more respectable, the better to cover the hidden lives. The satanic rituals are always memorized. You will not walk into these people's houses and find incriminating books or objects. Um, let me skip here. So they will kill, discredit anyone who exposes them. Don't be surprised if both of these happen to 
to me. I could die. No. <laughs> Just know this. They can kill the body. They cannot kill the soul. Our Christian God reigns. They also control the CIA and FBI. Many FBI agents have not only been ma Masons, but many have been Satanists. Sa Satanist. Satanist. <laughs> the FBI sends out reports which, paraphrased, go like this. Far more crimes have been committed by zealots in the name of God than has ever been committed in the name of Satan. The actual involvement of the occult in the criminal case usually turns out to be secondary, insignificant, or non-existent. The law enforcement perspective of the occult crimes requires avoiding the paranoia and has crept into the, into the issue unless hard evidence is attained and corroborated. Police officers should be avoided um, being frightened into believing that Satanists are performing criminal ceremonies inquiring investigations. A justified crusade against such activity could result in wasted resources, unwanted damage, reputations, and disruptions of civil liberties. So, and it's interesting, before I go on here, it's interesting to, to think of that. Now, that's not to say that every single person in the FBI, CIA, well, I'll skip CIA, everyone in the FBI, and that every single police officer in this entire country is a piece of shit. But you probably could ask the question if some of them are, especially the higher the higher ups. And then you have to ask yourself, who's giving the direction? And will these people listen? And I would even go as far to, as to go into the military with that. So, for those who haven't come out of Satanism, one way to explain to people how satanic security, uh, secrecy function is to compare these satanic families with the mafia families. Individuals in these families learn what they need to know, no more. The top bosses have cover jobs and give their orders orally. Don't expect to find what you are reading that we're talking about here, about the Collins families, that they are one of the very top Illuminati families, even more powerful than the Rothschilds. People are getting the inside story for the first time. I am grateful for various ex-ringsiders giving me account of their secret meetings. Except for before the 1960s, the space programs, um, man had not seen the far side of the moon. But that didn't mean it wasn't there. The hierarchy are professionals at Satanism and are really pros at obtaining Satanic power through ritual deeds and worldly power. Their activities are very secret. In contrast, there is a great deal of physical evidence from the coven levels that periodically surface. Uh, candles made of fat, anthems, altars, and dead animals, ritual sites. The higher levels believe that the force must be balanced. One God, one's good deeds must match one's evil deeds. Consequently, some of the greatest philanthropists are leading satanics, Sa satanists, satanists, God bless. The, the lower lovers are not concerned with developing power such as what Satan has. They simply enjoy being evil. And with that respect, are rather crude in their excise of evil. The Collins family hasn't received much attention. 
I mean, who do you think of when you think of Collins? Joan Collins, right, the actress? She was a beautiful Jewish Hollywood actress from England. Joan's grandmother lived in Brighton. And um, her father, Joe Collins, and his friends, Lord Lou Grade, had an acting company. Joe Collins' father, Will Collins, and his wife, a can-can dancer, um, were also into acting. In the 1970s, she was in several horror movies and picked up the title of the Queen of Horror Films. In 77 and 78, Joan was nude in two sexy films, which were expected to do better at the box office than they did. Neither of the titles of these films bear repeating. One was based on a sexy book Jane's sister wrote, I'm sorry, Joan's sister wrote, about the best seller uh, was a bestseller in England. Joan was the first old woman to be in the buff in Playboy. The issue was a collector's items. In her 40s, she was still posing in the buff, which, uh, according to her autobiography, feels she feels comfortable doing. For those who watched Dynasty, you'll likely remember her. For those who watched Hansel and Gretel, Joan was the witch. She was the woman in the film Double the devil within her in December of 82 Joan was asked to be the mistress of ceremonies for the Prince Albert Hall before Queen and His Royal Highness Prince Philip's besides knowing that she is into astrology after looking at her autobiography I don't pick up a hint of religiousness besides her amazing beauty her lack of morals made up for her perfect fit in Hollywood among her many friends she had Sammy Davis Jr. Jane's Manfield as friends or acquaintances, both of whom are publicly known to be Satanist. She rubbed shoulders with Henry Kissinger. Joan Collins vacationed in the winter of St. Moritz, which is an exclusive ski resort of the international set where Joan rubbed shoulders with uh, someone, <laughs> Narokas and uh, so the Anassises, Aristotle. Joan Collins spent time with Edgar Brunfield. Brun, Brun from, God bless. Can you can you can you read Don? Bron from Ram, <laughs> the Bron Fram family, are a Jewish Illuminati family that runs Canada. Joan Collins may not be part of the Illuminati Collins family, but if she isn't, she is at least associated with some of the top Illuminati. Joan was married several times, but obviously preferred her maiden name. Another Collins is Michael Collins. He is one of the three astronauts on the Apollo 11. Apollo 11 <laughs> was officially announced visit uh, by the man by man to the moon. So <laughs> interesting, interesting backlog to Michael Collins. So if you guys listen to our uh, D, our Detom Files show on the the moon landing, we talked about Mike Collins, and uh, so. You know, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were on the moon. Mike Collins was, well, I guess I can read on here, but real quick, Mike Collins was still in the air, up in, you know, orbiting the moon. And we made a drink called the Dirty Mike Collins because we felt like they did him dirty. Anyway, <laughs> there are a number of very strange things about the flight and about what NASA, NASA has been doing. Buzz Aldrin is a Freemason. Neil Armstrong has gone into seclusion. 
shunning any publicity, as Michael Collins puts it, Neil has dropped out and doesn't sell the NASA program. Um, what our government has been doing with NASA, flying saucers, and manned lunar base is beyond writing about. But the question did naturally come to my mind. Could Michael Collins be related to the Illuminati Collins family? Michael Collins writes about himself. Fortunately, this is Michael Collins talking. Fortunately, I have been a poor student all my life, and my parents, concealing their disappointment, seldom pushed me. It certainly seemed like such a student would need some pull to get into West Point. Um, Michael Collins also sits on the board of directors of the Illuminati's Rand Corporation. Corporation, you know, if I could talk, it would, it would be amazing. <laughs> Which works with Travis Stock Institute. He is not even a nominal Christian, as far as we can tell. He states that no, he did not find God when he went to the moon. It looked like the clues were leading in the direction that he might be part of the elite. When I, uh, you know, come across one sentence that changed my mind. Michael Collins wrote, I feel just as thankful today that I live in the United States of America as I did before flying in space. And I have no desire for this country to merge into a United States of the world. If anyone could promote informationalism, one world government without his suspicion would be Michael Collins. For few men share his experience of seeing the tiny earth in a vastness of a hostile universe. And yet he doesn't, uh, and he simply advocates that humans learn to cooperate to solve problems, which we certainly need to do that. Michael Collins has some really interesting and in the sense inspiring things to say about what seeing the earth from a far away in space meant to his life. What he writes bears repeating. I don't have the space for it all, but we're going to just write that. We're going to just talk about this right here. Seeing the earth from a distance has changed my perspective of the solar system as well. Ever since um, Copernicus theory that the earth was a satellite of the sun instead of the vice versa gained wide acceptance, men had considered an irrefutable truth, yet I submit that we still cling emotionally to the pre- Copernican uh, notion that the earth is the center of everything. So, Michael himself, not an inter uh, international, as the Collins family is an old New England family. Early members of it were Francis, Edward, and John. Part of the satanic branch may live in England too. Like most Illuminati families, the Collins have spread all over. And um, <clears throat> so that even the West Coast have some members of the satanic bloodline. Part of the family is both related in aristoc aristocracy and to witchcraft, for instance. I have one complete list of all people accused of witchcraft in New England in the 17th century, which includes some Collins. The 17th century was the first century that British settlers, mostly Puritans, some of whom were known as pilgrims, settled in New England in 1640. A Collins was accused of witchcraft in 1653. Jane Collins was accused of witchcraft in Lynn, Mass, Massachusetts. And a Collins family lived in Salem, area of Marblehead during the 1650s when the witch trials occurred. Uh, they were neighbors to the family accused of witchcraft. Interestingly, some of the last names 
of other people accused of witchcraft in the early colonial Massachusetts include Young, Bailey, Carrington, Godfrey, Hall, Brown, and Clinton. You will find all of these last names on people today who are connected in satanic hierarchy or the Illuminati of Satanism. However, the worst example of dealing with witchcraft, the Salem Witch Trials, which instigated, which was instigated by the Collins family to destroy Christians. Christians have been held accountable for something the Collins families did to Christians in Salem Mass. It's my opinion is that the Collins family practiced witchcraft before coming to New England in the 17th century. One ex-Illuminati member who was from the Collins bloodline stated the Collins family brought witchcraft from England to America for the first part of the 1700s. One of the British Collins was prominent for his books promoting decim against Christianity. As an example of some of their Aristotic tears, Arthur Collins' nine-volume reference work, Collins' Peerage of England, published in 1812, was a definitive work on Aristotic peerage. Obviously, Arthur Collins had a great deal of clout to be able to research such a massive work on uh, people of significance in England. The Collins family gave us John Collins, the third governor of Rhode Island. John's Collin John Collins was born to a rich, powerful part of the Collins family in Newport, Rhode Island. John Collins played an important part in the creation of our federal government and the role, one of the most remarkable court cases, Trevitt versus Whedon, which sent the, what set the precedent in court, which allowed courts to declare legislative enactments unconstitutional. <laughs> he advocated for issuance of paper currency and a strong central government, which made him unpopular in the rural areas of Rhode Island. He married Mary Avery, another uh, John Collins, was born to well-to-do Collins family and the tenure governor, uh, and was the 10th governor of Delaware. Quite a number of Collins have been well-to-do. The wealthiest Collins that we've discovered so far is Matthew Collins. Matthew uh, was an oil producer. His father was Oliver Cromwell Collins, named after... Oliver Cromwell. Um, Oliver was the early Mason who paid off the Amsterdam Jews to allow the Jews back into England. Matthew Garrett Collins was a Mason. Uh, M.G. Collins, Matthew Collins, manufactured silk in the 10 years, took the operation from, um, in 1886, from nothing to a, million, to, to a $2 million business. He was president of Interstate Gasoline. He worked with several other big oil men, such as Charles Haskell of Oklahoma. He trusted for Drew Seminary and participated in Methodist Church. Merritt, uh, Matthew, Merritt, Matthew Cole's opera, uh, oil operation and friendship with the governor of Oklahoma are very significant. Inside information indicates that some type of connection between the Collins family and Oklahoma and Tulsa is a major headquarters for Satanism in that area. There are a number of buildings that the Satanists own in uh, the Tulsa area, which are used for the operation. Besides Matthew Collins, there have been a number of other wealthy Collinses, <laughs> such as Theodore Collins. 
He was an insurance company executive banker. Arthur Collins. I guess it's thundering outside. Or we're under attack. One of the two. Anyway, Arthur Collins, he was a real estate corporate exec and uh, head of some financial institutions. Uh, Henry Collins the third was an insurance company executive, treasurer of several financial organizations. Um, uh, Barclay Collins, the second oil executive and uh, lawyer. Leroy Collins, junior banker and uh, president of some other organizations. John Collins, aerospace uh, uh, banker, economist, trustee. Michael James Collins, not the astronaut, not the astronaut, who has been an investment executive. Uh, president of Philadelphia Union Life Insurance. <clears throat> so you can see a lot of these, a lot of Collins heads were worked in the insurance company of some sort. Um, so just to give you a list of, of Collins. So you had Clifton Collins. He studied St. Simon, who was a Mason Illuminatus that started communism in the early 19th century. Uh, Coop Collins was involved in so many political things for the Republican presidential elections and involved with consulting federal agencies and uh, so many other government positions that it's difficult to give a list of what he was involved with. DeWitt Clinton Collins, DeWitt Clinton Collins was born in 1866. He was named after DeWitt, Dwight, DeWitt Clinton who was associated with Illuminati, a very early history of the United States. His father uh, was also named after Dwight Clinton. D.C. Collins uh, did his postgraduate work in Vienna. That's a name I need to write down there. So, DeWitt Clinton. I had read some stuff that the Clintons were associated with the Collins, and I was trying to find a connection. I don't know if that's it, but I'm writing that down, and we'll we'll, f we'll figure it out. Hugh Collins, author, Marxism, and the uh, law. So he's an author author of Marxism. Uh, James Collins worked for U.S. intelligence for the United Nations. Graduated <laughs> Yale. So I'm sure he uh, was part of Skull and Bones. Doesn't say that, but Jim Collins writes. Books on the occult, UFOs. Uh, that was Jim Collins. John Collins was uh, involved in Illuminati plots involving uh, Rosicrucians, Masons, which created militant abolitionists who intended to wage war against the South. He worked with William Garrison. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so another John Churton Collins. In 1886, wrote a book on the Voltaire. In 1908, he wrote an, another book on the Voltaire. <sighs> Let's see. Lauren Collins, Virginia Collins, authored a book of Levels of the Mind. 1984, Maureen uh, Collins, State Superintendent of Schools of Georgia. So, you know, it's interesting when you're when you're reading about people like this, like the Collins. Like I said, 
I mentioned a couple of names. You probably know those names. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, when you think Illuminati, you know, we think of the popular names, right? So prior to the Civil War, the American branch of the Collins family split off under the surname of Todd. Okay, now this is important, so pay attention. Numerous occult figures, including important names in secret, Satanism or various witchcraft groups, have had the last name of Todd. Presidents Madison and Lincoln were married to Todd's. Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd, was into the occult. Whether Abraham Lincoln is in heaven or not, I do not know. Those decisions are God Almighty, but from examining examining the evidence as carefully and honestly as possible, Abraham Lincoln was a Rosicrucian, and in fact he was a member of the Order of the Lilies Council of Three, along with Pascal Randolph and General Ethan Allen Hitchcock. Properly speaking, those Todds, who are descendants from the Collins family, should have been covered in this because they are considered to be Illuminati part of the Collins bloodline. The Todd family hasn't been covered, but many possible uh, be written in more later date. The Collins family is one of the top Illuminati families that has managed to remain low-key. It is believed that the Collins family has been kept secret because they wield so much power, so much more power, than the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, or the Onassis's. The only way that I can come to realize their importance through the number of people giving this inside information, and the only reason that the, the inside information was plausible was the great amount of research that we have done in this area. And yet, what has been done is a drop of what can be accomplished. Our research shows the family has been connected to witchcraft since they arrived from in New England in 1630s and well may have practiced it centuries prior to that. At least part of the British colonies families are Jewish. So, the Todd branch of the Collins family, so Thelma Todd was known as Hot Toddy. She was an extremely sexy movie actress, but she was also had another side to her. She was... Uh, Intimately involved with the mob, and intimately, I should say, involved with the mob. And men like Lucky Luciano and Hot Toddy was intimate with Lucky, who made money from gambling, drugs, and prostitution. In 1935, she was murdered. The murderer left her corpse with $20,000 in jewelry on it. In uh, 1989, the book Hot Toddy by... Uh, Andy Edmonds solves the murder in which the police did not want to solve and try to cover up. Thelma was originally from Massachusetts. Her father was John Todd and her mother Alice. Her father had been a, um, a corrupt police lieutenant before being, going into politics. John's cronies could come, would come cover the house uh, to the parlor in 1915, John Todd became one of the most important men in the East. He was appointed Massachusetts Director of Public Health and Welfare, a job that gave him 
carte blanche to write check to approve construction and medical contracts, offer political positions on high-paying state committees, and pass uh, funding along hand-picked organizations and charities. Many believe he lined his pockets on more than one appointment or contract. In 1925, he became a political advisor to legislators. In 1926, he used his influence to get good reviews in newspapers on the film his daughter was in, Hot Toddy. Had a reputation for going brawless. Oh, my God. For flirting with men and etc. She was a teenager, had a secret desire to be a madam in a brothel. She was sponsored by the Elks Lodge in a beauty contest in 1925 and was selected Miss Massachusetts. Hollywood even came... Um, sorry, Holly, Hollywood, even in the early 1920s, was full of murderers. The weirdest sexual habits imaginable, and most of the actors were drug addicts. That was years before these habits had been mainstream in American life. Many actors were homosexuals. Many of... Many, if not most, were um, actors were Jewish. Charles Luciana, nicknamed Charlie Lucifer, the devil, he was most feared and hated of all the underworld bosses. Luciano liked Todd both because he was attracted to her and she had a restaurant he wanted to use as one of his bases of operation. Luciana, Luciana was one of the three major distributors of the Bronfen's narcotics. They are outwardly Jewish and covered covertly Satanist. Remember, uh, they were mentioned in the previous when we talked about with the Collins being friends of actor John Collins. Um, Rothstein and Meyer Lansky were also two brawn from distributors. Luciana supplied Hot Toddy with her drugs. At the time of her murder, her movie boss had planned to raise her salary to $3,500 a week. Luciana worked with the U.S. government during World War II and in 1946 was deported to Sicily. During World War II, Luciana worked for the U.S. intelligence agencies. And uh, after being deported to Sicily, uh, he continued to work with the U.S. intelligence, at which uh, the elites assassinated Bureau, which came later moved to the center headquarters of Paradise Island in the Grand Bahamas. Uh, I noticed that there was a man named Collins who was involved in Illuminati's movements to take over Austrian economy. Uh, he was executive of H.W. Smith, one of those companies that interlocked with the CIA mob and Illuminati. As you may realize, I offer these types of clues because I can't presume on the future and hope that others will assist in putting together the piece of the widespread satanic Collins family is. <sighs> this is a very long article. So, I guess in general, I guess what we'll do is sum it up with this. We are all going to die. No, joking. Maybe. <laughs> so, I, in, in conclusion, this article comes from a tape which was made by someone who was part of the Collins bloodline. It was moved to this article, and I'm bringing it to you because it deals with the important person and some important issues. Christians really need to realize that what happened to this, this 
particular person who transcribed this uh, left and tried to expose the Illuminati is what is in store for many Christians that in prison um, there are friends who feel very convinced this ex-Illuminatus is the real thing and that he was really part of the Illuminati. And then there are some people who feel that he is not real. There has been an intense program of discrediting this man, which was orchestrated um, by the Illuminati and their plants. So, essentially, this is, this is how this works. If you've never heard of some of these names, now, the Todd family, you've heard of Mary Todd, you've heard of these things, and you might even dig into a point of maybe we don't really know why Abraham Lincoln was killed. We know who, where, and when. And we believe we know why. But we really only know why because that's what was told to us in the history books. And the phrase goes, and we've said this before and you've heard this before, it's nothing I'm making up. You know, history is written by the winners, right? So we don't really know why Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Could it have been his connection to the Todd family? I don't know. We are told that he was killed because of the uh, the Civil War, freeing the slaves, and that uh, John Wilkes Booth felt some sort of way about that. And he, you know, yada, yada, yada. Maybe that's, maybe that's the truth. But you have to ask the question. John Wilkes Booth was an actor. You see that these, the Todds and some of the Collins families through time were into productions, into acting. Now, that's not to say that I'm going to make a stretch and say that John Wilkes Booth is part of this family, but could Lincoln's connection to the Todd family have cost him his life? I'm just asking a question. And when we talk about the Collins family, with the exception of like Mike Collins and Joan Collins, which may or may not be part of this family, we don't really know that. These are names you don't hear about. When I did the Astor family, I gave you I gave you points of who these people were, and you're like, okay, yeah, I've heard of the Waldorf Astoria and those types of place, or Astoria, Oregon. But who are these people? Why are these people? If you notice, a lot of these people come from England, or you know, somewhere over in Europe in the early you know, days of this country, before this country was even a country, they these families were part of the formation of this country. Just because you don't read about these particular families in the history books don't mean, it doesn't mean that they're not of some significance. Now, the next family I'll be doing, not right now, we're ending the show here, <laughs> We're going to get into the DuPont family. Now, it's a name you probably have heard. And, you know, I, like I said, there's some names you probably have heard. And uh, of the 13, I would say you probably heard of, let's see, um, one. I'm just going to go off of who I knew before I started doing any of this. 
I would say one, two, three, four, five. And that's me personally. Five of the 13 I've heard about. I don't really know a whole lot about them. Didn't know a whole lot about them, I should say. But I've heard the names. The reason I'm doing this is because of the other names. The Astor family, the Bundy family, the Collins, the Freemans, the Lees, the Reynolds, the the Van Doon. These are names you don't know. And we've said this time and time again. If you know who they are, they're not doing their job properly. I think you hear names like the Rockefellers, the Kennedys, the Onassis, the Rothschilds. And even even the Rockefellers, the Onassises, and the Kennedys, you don't necessarily think of being this evil Illuminati bloodline whatever. Now, we, we demonize the shit out of the Rothschilds. But once again, these are names you know, but why do you know them? Because of politics, because of, of whatever. It's the names that you don't know that make me curious. And probably, very well, if this show were to blow up somehow or another, could probably get me in trouble. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> if, if, you know, we don't talk about these things... And we're constantly, to get back into more of a current state of what's going on right now, we're losing those voices of freedom, the true speakers. Um, I'm going to touch on Tucker Carlson real quick, just to kind of to shut the show down with this. So, I don't know, about a month or so ago, Right, Kevin McCarthy come out and says, I got all the J6 tapes. I'm giving them to Tucker Carlson. Right? A couple of weeks later, Tucker and his people went through them. They did whatever. They got the stuff that they thought people needed to see. And I watch Tucker Carlson every night. Okay? I watch it before I go to work. I tape it and watch it when I get up for work. So whatever date it was, I don't recall. It was about two or three weeks ago. He was going to play Monday. Monday, we're playing J6 tapes, the whole show. And then Tuesday, we're going to continue it and then touch base on Wednesday. So Monday came out. He played whatever, which actually got, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head, but the Chewbacca shaman, right, the uh, the, the guy, Matthew something or another, actually got out of jail because of that show, because of what Tucker did. Then you had a bunch of politicians come out that Next day, that Tuesday morning, bitching and hollering about Rupert Mur Murdoch needed to do something to not let him release any more tapes, and the shit went away. I tweeted out earlier, I just hope that Tucker was able to take the J6 tapes with him so we can finally hear the rest of the truth. What was on the rest of those J6 tapes that they don't want us to see? And that's, I'm going to continue to do some research. We're ending the show here. Today is it's Wednesday. April 26, 2023, but I promise you, I'm going to try and be back here on Thursday, tomorrow, to really dig deep into this whole Tucker Carlson thing, because I think there's something going on at Fox that they don't want you guys to know about. You look at truth purveyors, you talk about people who kind of speak their mind. Bongino was a small piece of that puzzle. He was on one day a week. Tucker being fired is a big deal. Because it's not like he was lagging. 
he was their top show. That would be like NBC firing uh, Seinfeld in the middle of like season six or the Cosby show or, you know, Friends. You know what I'm saying? That'd be like cutting Mary with Children off halfway through their run or eliminating the Simpsons. I mean, this is a big deal. I think it's bigger than Pete. You're going to have people, ha, 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 Tucker, ha, ha, ha. I'm telling you right now, Fox News just cut their fucking nose off despite their face for whatever's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about for them to lose their number one show, period. Gutfeld does well in late night. The Five does well here. These shows do well. Tucker was the number one. You got to think. This is a cable news show that came on at 8 o'clock in the evening, prime time, Monday through Friday, and outnumbered your sitcom shows on regular TV. Think about that. It's not that he was beating Don Lemon and Rachel Maddow and whoever else is on at the 8 o'clock hour in cable news. He was beating TV shows. Guys, I'm telling you there's something going on here. So just stick with us. Stay with the show. Share this. Share all the shows. Go back and listen to some of the other shows. Because just because the title might be wonky and you don't want to hear about what that title is, I'm telling you, if you've listened to more than 10 of these shows, you know I go off script. Here I am right now, 10 minutes past when the show should have been ended on the bloodlines, and I'm going off about Tucker Carlson being fired. <laughs> And with that being said, guys, it is April 26, 2023, and I'm probably going to be back tomorrow with a whole fucking shitload of stuff to talk about. And you guys, um, you guys have a fantastic day. I have a bunch of scans on, well, like I said, I'm recording this Monday, so it's theater of the mind that it's Wednesday, but I have a bunch of doctor's appointments Tuesday and Wednesday. That's why I can't do this on Wednesday. And, uh... Hopefully everything turns out well. Uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, just give me some prayers and some well wishes, and we'll see what happens. Other than that, guys, you have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on maybe Thursday, but definitely Friday. 